was eight years old, five hours disappeared from my life. Five hours, gone without a trace. Are you ready? Here we go. Tonight on World of Mystery, we investigate the terrifying world of UFOs. I think I was taken too. I keep a log of all my dreams. Someone else is with me. Another boy. You're on your way to uncovering the truth. Maybe concentrate on that other boy in your dreams. He could help you find the answers you're looking for. I know all Neil's secrets. There's shit there you don't even want to know about, trust me. I'm looking for an Ann McCormick. I'm Bob Sham. I'm Angela. Uh, the sounds you might hear are dogs yeah. or are crying because yeah. we'll be talking about this sad fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, we thought uh, we thought maybe uh, Rainer Werner Fassbender might uh, give us our sad movie, but boy, this mysterious skin directed by Gregor Rocky, who uh, did uh, Doom, Doom Generation, which was kind of of a formidable. One of those crazy movies that got passed around. We were, that's kind of our generation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that was like late 90s. But I haven't seen that many of his movies. So I've only seen that and Nowhere. I don't think I've seen any other ones. We'll have to go back. Off the top, this movie's very good. It is a very good movie. But it is Mysterious Skin. It stars uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. In the best thing we've ever seen him in 2000s era. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, JGL, we call him. I don't call him that. 2000s era JGL. I call him Joe. Uh, is kind of a very experimental. He's kind of trying some shit out. Yeah. He's getting that. He's washing the third of the third rock from the sun off of him. Yes, he is. He's really diving into some crazy stuff. 2000s era JGL, Joe, 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 my god yoga lay we call him no <laughs> that sounds kind of good though right yoga lay yoga lay <laughs> uh, this movie also stars brady corbett michelle trachtenberg who was uh alex mack or harriet the spy or some shit i think she was i think she was harriet the spy yeah uh jeff L- lisson Marilyn rice cub and elizabeth shoe yeah good old elizabeth shoe now, the names of the main boys are Brian and Neil. And Neil. And Neil is Joseph Gordon Levitt. And we get, before we ever see these men, we're introduced to them as children. Yeah, yeah. We see a, a young Brian who appears to have missing time and he's, his parents find him alone and he's got a, a nosebleed. He's got 
kind of a, a your typical homemaker mom, but a dad who's never around and kind of is emotionally distant. And they split later on, and he barely sees his father. Right. But yeah, his his dad and sister are home, but his sister finds him hiding in a cellar with a bloody nose. Neil is a guy who's with uh, his mom, who dates around a lot, very much a single household. There's no mention of a father here at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and he realizes at a young age that he is gay mm-hmm. after watching one of his mom's boyfriends. Oh, we should say off the top that we're dealing with themes of childhood sexual abuse. Yes. We're not going to uh, go as hardcore about this movie uh, as this movie does in its description. No, I don't think we should. But I will say that like this movie uh, is very critically acclaimed and very well regarded in having, showing very realistically... The, the long-term past that childhood sexual abuse can have on people. Yes, and it it's um, it's also one of the more realistic uh, depictions of grooming. Yes. That we've seen as well, because a lot of times, I, I feel like this does a better job than anything I've ever seen in showing how a person who is an authority figure can take advantage of that, but also very slowly convince a child that they want to be doing what they're doing. Like, that's why this was extra disturbing is because you could understand how it happened. Yeah. Not not the why of it, because the guy's a fucking predator, right? Yeah. But how the child would be so confused. Mm. And Neil, both of these boys were abused by the same man. But Neil remembers everything about it because it was an entire summer of his life. Mm-hmm. Brian? He, Brian, yeah. Brian has missing time two times in his life. And he has these nosebleeds. He's very traumatized in a different way than Neil is. They both are. Mm-hmm. But Brian also has blackouts. Yes. Like, he seems to not be able to handle much yeah without there being a nosebleed or a blackout he just he just doesn't he's very awkward thinks that he's had alien abduction experiences yeah and there actually is a scene where brian and his mom and i guess his sister they go out and they see a ufo he does see a ufo like a week after his his time lapsed it's hard to say if he kind of just put that memory into himself or if that actually happened but his mother was there as well so there but could we be never this hear from her or his sister that it happened. there could be this random subplot where we don't think he was abducted but did they really see a ufo i do not believe that they did because later when he tries to sit down with his mom to watch the alien abduction show oh, he's and he finds Marilyn Ricecub, she's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, if you'd seen a UFO with your own eyes, I don't think you'd completely write off someone's abduction story. Yeah, yeah. You might at least be like, true. you know, you might at least be like, oh, because the, there's a girl, Marilyn Ricecup lives like a town over. And so you'd think that you'd be sitting there, if you really saw it, you'd go, oh, shit. Brian, do you remember when we saw the UFO? Maybe this has related to that girl. I don't know. You're totally right. He just kind of filled up the trauma gaps with that. I think he maybe had a dream, maybe in one of his blackouts. I don't know. We see Neil, and he is like this young hustler. He's very, like, hypersexualized. He's out in the world. He 
Everyone he, loves him and wants to be with him. Yeah, he's like a good-looking kid, but he's also literally a hustler boy who has slept with every John in this small town. Yeah, his two best friends are the girl that he's grown up with. Michelle Trachtenberg. Michelle Trachtenberg and this boy that's new to town who is also a gay yeah. teenage boy. He and is so, a gay, yes. I didn't mean to say it that way. He's <laughs> one of those a gays. <laughs> Oftentimes he'll leave his friends to go pick up a John and he'll just be like, come pick me back up at X time or whatever. Mm. And there's a scene between Michelle and this boy where she's like, I see how you look at him and you need to fucking be careful. Yeah. yeah. And she basically tells him, I used to be in love with him too, but where most people have a heart, he has a black hole and Mm. you have to be careful not to get sucked into it. And the boy basically is like, but look at him. He's like a God. Like they just, Everybody wants Joe Golay. It's he is an attractive person. Yeah. He always has been, but there is, like you said, there's this hypersexualization, and then also the not giving a fuck. Like we all knew someone like this in high school who was just so attractive because they didn't give a fuck. There was a guy in my social studies class who'd failed social studies like twice, and he was a senior and I was a sophomore, and I had the biggest crush on him. We never spoke. But he had that mm. thing about him where, like, he would smoke outside of school between classes. And you just thought he drove, like, an old beat-up muscle car. You know, just one of those dudes that you're like, oh, God, that's yeah, yeah. cool. So we get a lot of history into Neil first yeah. when he encounters this Little League coach. And we get the, the slow burn grooming. Kind of clever how Gregor Rocky... Because apparently this stuff was filmed and set up in a way in which the child actors didn't really know, like what the scene, the context of the scenes are. Thank in. God. And when you think about how it was all put together, uh, extremely well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gregor, I know he has these very much like intense moments. He's, and I know in his movies, like violence has become is a thing. And there is certain flashes of like, like extremity when people react to things, but mm-hmm. then it all is like weirdly grounded, surrounded this story of like something, an extreme abuse occurrence. But this is also the first movie Gregoraki has made that is based upon the works of uh, someone else, but a novel by the same name. And you'll see the, the ticker there. I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah. Um, there were, it was told very well, the way that it was shot, you didn't actually see anything happen right. that was physical, not even kissing, nothing, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. And thank goodness. Yeah. Um. But you do wonder now thinking back on it after you telling me that there are times where they would be together but you know, it was so well done, you couldn't tell. But I'm sure certain things were ADR, mm-hmm. right? Like the male grown actor yeah, was yeah. saying these things, but not in front of this child. Right. But the way it was set up, it just, it was so disturbing in how like real it felt. Mm-hmm. So that makes me very happy to know that those boys were not actually put through knowing what they were supposed to be reacting to. Mm-hmm. Extra bonus points to Gregor Rocky for getting the emotions from those children. Yeah, yeah. That he did without going into that. This movie is like kind of a 
like I said, it's regarded in its realism yeah. of this type of of the problems that stem from childhood sexual abuse. This is almost this movie is almost oddly clinical mm -hmm. in a way and what you can learn from it. And there's short of actually showing of the horrid act, which thank God, of course we don't ever want to see that. No. But short of that, it it gets it's as stark as it can be yeah. in terms of its revelation. And yeah. so, you know, we kind of bounce through their adolescence, but then we rest around when they're nineteen years old and it takes place I think it's like ninety one is the year that we settle on here. Yeah, and Michelle Trachtenberg moves to New York mm -hmm. and eventually Neil follows her. Yeah. And around the time Neil leaves is when Brian is trying to figure out what happened to him and he and Marilyn Rice Cup have decided that he was also abducted but he starts having these flashbacks the more he thinks about it, the more he starts remembering, right? And he's really, he's always like tried to not think about it, but now he's trying to remember more details and he remembers Neil as a child and he finds this photo of their little league team. It was the little league coach. I don't think we've said that yet. Yeah. But it's one of those, it's one of those crazy things where the little league coach would, he picked Neil seemingly because Neil had a single mom who worked a bunch of jobs, who was always away, and, like, he offered to, like, drive Neil home a few times, and then he would just bring Neil to his house, and they would they would be there doing all the awful things that were doing. And his mom never knew, and, and Neil never told because he was convinced that he was in it, too. And this, it's also one of those terrible situations where the coach actually, like, sort of made him part of getting other boys which is what happened to brian brian is uh, going to this house where the ufo abducted girl is a maryland rice girl. yeah she lives with her grandfather who's mm -hmm. very wary when he pulls up and she's always wearing these like nightgowns yeah stuff. it's like a house dress like an old lady house dress and she's always that's like her costume mm -hmm. and you kind of get of course you immediately you know that brian was not abducted you, you know this is trauma regarding childhood sexual abuse. But, of course, the implication here is that that's also Marilyn Rice Cub's uh, yeah. problem as well. She does at some point show him a deer that has no genitalia. Yeah. She also shows him a scar on her leg. But listen, I mean, we've heard a million stories like this. Yeah, you do think, like, is that also what happened to her? Because that's way more likely than alien. So Neil's trying to make it in New York. Yeah. And he kind of gets a sandwich job at some point, but he's still hustling. Well, what I was going to say is that Brian shows up to his house to try to meet him and ask him questions. And it's like the day Neil left for New York. So he then becomes friends with the one friend that's left in town. Mm. That's all I was going to say about him. So he kind of starts to come out of his shell. Uh, but he still thinks he was abducted and he wants to talk to Neil and they're trying to like get a hold of Neil to like confirm his story. Brian meets uh, Neil's gay friend, and they get along so well. And Brian is Eric, I think. Yeah, and Brian is essentially asexual. They kind of throw that word around with him, like mm -hmm. he's just kind of self-repressed in that sexuality. Yeah. And I think that's the result of his trauma is missing time. And Neil is went the opposite direction. Yeah. So Neil's trying to make it in New York and. And he's still kind of hustling, even though uh, his friend doesn't want him to. Certain encounters, and there's one where he meets a man, and he's covered in legions. And, of course, 
he, this is the early 90s, he has AIDS, and the guy doesn't want to sleep with him. He just wants to be, like, touched and kind of massaged. So it's very, uh... Oh, and there's another one where he first gets the John, and the John hands him a condom. And... Neil's, and like, never used a condom. He's before. never used a condom. There's another... A point where it said that he's got crabs at some point. Right he, before he leaves, he town, hasn't. He's got crabs. Yeah, he hasn't ever even protected himself. And up yeah. until this point with this guy, he never even thought about it. Yeah, it's like, and he tells he tells his his friend later because he's living with her that it was the first time that he had that it had not been just like a purely enjoyable sexual experience. Is when he met this man with the lesions because it made him think about. Yeah, things the consequences. That, that scene really got to me. I mean, obviously, you knew it was happening. He obviously picked him up. And yeah, when he took the lesions off, he was like, he looked at him and he's like, don't worry, I promise you this will be the safest encounter you've ever had. Because yeah, he just wanted someone to touch him. Mm. And Neil does tell his friend later that he did jack off across the room from the man. But the man was like, I just want to watch you. Yeah, yeah. But there was no, I mean, the man was not going to put him in danger. That was really intense. And I do think that it made him kind of realize. And that's when he decided to, okay, I'll go work at this sandwich shop. Like, I'll try to go straight, basically, right? Or try to not hustle. And then when he is working at the sandwich shop and he doesn't need to be hustling, he gets in someone's car. Yeah. And this, it. And this is, and his mother has sent him a ticket to come home. And yeah, this is the day before Christmas Eve, and he's supposed to fly home on Christmas. And he Eve. goes out on the outskirts of town with this guy, and the guy's very violent, and he essentially rapes. Him. Yeah. So he's don't he wakes up and he's dumped out onto the front, like outside of this apartment building, and then he's just completely fucked up. And he also at one point Neil references his uh, his friend like finds certain photos that were taken from when he was molested. And Neil yeah. at some point references that past as though it was kind of a positive thing, as yeah. though it was like something very meaningful to him that someone really, really loved him and cared about him. And there's another point where he is, he's announcing like the baseball games and he's given this kid a prize and he's, it's not overt, but he's affectionate enough with the kid just enough where you're like, oh no, is this that cyclical thing that's going to become something? I don't, I did wonder that, but I don't think that because he was very attracted to older men. Right, that was He was still in that same mindset, but he did have like a care for a chi child. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I didn't think it was bad. Mm. Um, but he did say to his friend, he was like, you got to reward kids. Mm -hmm. when they do yeah. things and so he did kind of have that mentality of giving rewards to children for doing things which i'm sure was the same when he was with that man yeah before he leaves town he has his friend drive him to the house where the coach used to live and he stands outside the house and he he says something like call me your angel yeah. Or something like because that's what the man called him, and then they leave town. And yeah, he does talk to the girl because she's the only one who's that he's ever told. And he does say he was like, you know, you're the only one I ever told about that summer, and I'm just realizing how much that summer has like influenced my entire life. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of coming to that 
already, I think, once he was seeing these like different aspects of humanity that he hadn't seen in his small town, maybe kind of questioning why he does what he does. Yeah. Brian's memory is that he was in Halloween and he was separated and he loses his glasses. Yeah, and then, that's the second time. And then he something lost. and then a bean, or we know it was the little league coach, approaches him. Because apparently he had been gone for a minute. Two years. Yeah. And then they <clears throat> reunited. I think he came to that town maybe looking for any of the little boys. You know, like he obviously had gone away. So yeah. maybe he came, it was Halloween, maybe he came back just to see. That's disgusting, but. So Neil returns home and Brian and with Eric finally is un- reunited with Neil. But Brian, I think at this point, Brian knows that maybe this UFO thing isn't really what's going on here. So he reunites with Neil and it culminates into the climactic scene. Yeah. And I think the thing that is, um, you know, a lot of movies that deal with this issue, well, without getting into a lot of details, will kind of just allude to it. And often what you could passively imagine is horrible and is enough to fill the gaps. But they go to where this guy used to live. They break into the house. Brian and Neil, they break into the house. It's Christmas Eve. So another, like Tangerine, another weird-ass uh, Christmas movie, right? Yeah, but Neil's uh, but basically... completely like, different than Tangerine. Oh, my God, yes. But uh, so they sit down, and Brian's like, tell me everything, tell me everything. Yeah. And they talk about how he, he this guy picked up Brian, and they were going to give him a ride home, and he gave... And they stopped by his house first. Neil and Brian were together. And they we're not gonna describe what was described. No. But it is but that's kind of what is so different is that and it's filmed in such a subtle way that's disturbing but not visually revealing and describes exactly what happened. Yeah. Like yeah. the description of the <laughs> act occurred. And 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 he keeps Neil also, as he's telling this to Brian, he definitely keeps alluding to this happened all summer with different little boys. Yeah. Neil was always there. He was the special one. Um, but there were other boys that they had like a game they played, you know, where he knew what to say to like make the other little boy more comfortable or some shit. Like it was fucked up. And as, totally fucked up. And as Neil is revealing and Brian's like, tell me more, tell me more. Brian starts to lay his head on his shoulder and then lays his head in his lap as Neil just straight forward. And, you know, Brian has always known that something is wrong. It is very obvious to him that he is disaffected. But Neil, we see this guy who's unquestioning his uh, sexual proclivities. He didn't even, never even wore protection. And he had been you know, hustling for years at that point. And when he referenced the past and that incident, he referenced it as something in which that gave him a weird sense of purpose, a sense of love. And you can tell that as he's describing, saying it all out loud with someone else who was there, who is now grown, it's kind of washing over. You you get that Neil never really questioned why he was damaged or if he ever was, but you can tell that as Neil is explaining this to Brian, that it is kind of washing over him just how completely fucked 
this whole thing is. And without even saying it particularly, you can kind of see that Neil's life is kind of washing over him as he's describing in detail what happened to them in that uh, Little League coach's house. There's also an immense amount of care that Neil is showing to Brian in this moment. Like, he keeps checking in with him. Are you okay? Do you want me to keep going? I can stop. Mm -hmm. And Brian's like, no, I need need to know. I need to know everything. And he tells him everything in that disturbing detail. Um, And then when he's done... There's some carolers who who are singing outside because it's Christmas Eve. And Neil is just kind of, Brian's head is in his lap. He's just kind of holding him. And, 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 you know, they've narrated a lot of this movie, both of them. And his voice comes on and says, you know, I wanted to tell him that I was sorry, but I couldn't talk. And I think that's because of exactly what you just said. Like, he yeah. got to the point where, like, he was then even questioning... Like, he felt sorry, but also it was like he was finally realizing, like, how how much he had been mistreated himself. Yeah. And, and that he, though he played a part in this, that it wasn't his fault. No. I mean, the, since he was able to on his own, his life was at a 10, just constantly going, 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 going. Yeah. Subconsciously trying to recreate the, the emotion and connection and what he thinks is love that he felt at that time. Yeah, he even says that he couldn't remember exactly who Brian was until he saw his face. Yeah. Like, he'd kind of blocked out some of those pieces, probably, where there were other kids. Young Brian, uh, I essentially pretty much look like that, but with curly hair. I know. That's what I look like as a kid. That kid had curly hair. Yeah, it was like a... not. Super yeah. pup, not like a cotton ball, you know. But oh, okay. But uh, you notice that Gregor, I'm, I was trying to. It's been so long since I've seen Doom Generation. The font that Iraqi used looked very familiar. Like I think that is kind of his font, but uh, in terms of the scene displays. But you notice mm-hmm. that um, whenever he would transition to other cut to other scenes, it wasn't like a quick cut, but it was like this blackout that all like fade out to black for like a half a second and they almost felt like brief blackouts Mm -hmm. like as there's cutting to certain points in the story which kind of felt awkward but maybe it was meant to feel a little awkward but yeah i didn't actually even pick up on that there's a there's no movie like this one and we caught this on a on a strand releasing channel on our prime we actually paid five dollars a month and it's and this uh app, it's like a prime channel on the fire stick mm-hmm. and this strand app uh had this and maybe a couple other gregoraki movies but also it's like full of just new queer cinema stuff which is so amazing i don't know what other form you can get that maybe you can go directly onto the side of the strand releasing or whatever oh, but maybe. it seems like a, a lot of modern queer cinema is seems to be located on there if you're interested in that sort of thing this is honestly one of the i would can put this up there with one of the most fucked up movies i've ever seen but fucked up in a way that is like bizarrely important i think that people should watch this movie yeah it, it's fucking hard but people need to see it and let let, let me reiterate um it describes the acts yeah in very very much detail yeah especially at the climax at the end of the scene it it's like he's brian can't remember anything neil is literally telling him everything that happened 
So if you have a history, a personal history with that, uh, be warned. But there might be something uh, cathartic and educational here. Yeah. Uh, and with how, no, I, this might be the most, um, what's, the, what's the word for real, like verisimilitude? It, feel, it felt very real. It did feel very real. And, and I, I agree with you that if someone has history with this, maybe this is not the right movie for you to watch. But it could be the right movie for you to tell someone about in your life who doesn't understand yeah. what you've maybe been through. Uh, I think I think educational is is true. It, it is. It, mm. And like we said, it tells it tells this story in ways that we've never seen before. And then seeing it through the eyes of the person who was abused in this way, it was disturbing, but so honest. It felt so honest. We rate movies. I don't want to say hump. No, please don't. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how personal I want to get here. But, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're married. Mm-hmm. We're grown. Mm-hmm. And earlier in the day, we were like, look, later that night, why don't we do what married adults do? Later yeah. Night? Yeah. But first, we're going to watch a movie. We're going to watch this movie, Mysterious Skin mm-hmm. by Gregor Rocky. And then have some adult time. Yeah. And then after this movie, it was like, no, there ain't no this shit not tonight nope maybe not for like maybe not for like minimum 48 hours uh yeah there's no not gonna be tonight either after talking about this (laughs) that's true not happening but Um, uh you're gonna give this one through five i'm gonna give this one through five combined for best out of ten everyone in this movie had an amazing performance this may be gregoraki's since uh at this point in his career one of his more, you know, his movies have always been kind of divisive. Yeah. But uh, but this movie had probably the most broad universal acclaim. But I can't imagine that many people watched it, you know. And the growth. I mean, because obviously, like, Doom Generation, I saw, I've seen so many times when I was younger. Like, I was obsessed with it for a bit. And from that it's the guy who made that to this man who made this, like, it... I don't know. It feels like I don't know what else he's done since then, but I would want I would watch anything after yeah. watching the way he he did this film. I give it a four point. I think it sits at a four easy. So you got to think about like what it represents and mm-hmm. how well it represents it. Mm-hmm. I gotta I'm gonna go a four point two five. I'm gonna give it a four point five. Okay, so that makes it an eight point seven five. That's a easy layup uh, A tier. That's the exact same score we gave uh, Fox and his friends. I'm going to say, as far as the 8.75s go, that this actually is better than Fox and his friends. I agree. Fox and his friends was an interesting commentary on class, but it was almost so over the top how, like, (laughs) completely, like, divided these natures were, you know? Yes, and they're... There was some brevity yeah. in Fox and His Friends. A little more fun. I don't know. <laughs> more fun than this. Yeah. See our review there. It's uh, uh, under Cold War and above Fox and His Friends. The ratings are weird. Like, there might be a movie that I would have uh, technically rated higher, but that doesn't mean necessarily that it's like my favorite movie sure. compared here. Sure. So. That you know, movies can strike you in different ways. So, even if you look down on this A list, there, 
something that I may have rated a little higher, but wouldn't maybe linger as much with me. Like Mysterious Skin's going to linger with me more than Cold War is. Even though yeah. the execution of Cold War and our how much we love sad fucking movies does kind of like maybe edge it. So there's a difference between a score and what you what really affects you deeply. And at some point, like A's are all A's and yeah. S's are all S's and A's might as well be S's. <laughs> are you all right there? It took you. You didn't start really crying until the very end. I just can't stop thinking about it now. Honestly, think when I when we were done talking about it, just thinking about it, it got to me. Well, it's something all right. Uh, so check it, but be warned. Check this movie out, but be warned. Check our show notes for uh, links and other places to find us. We've got one last queer cinema could be so sad, but let's hope this one's a little more affirming. That we're going to close Movies Are Gay with. I hope so. That's the first time I've said Movies Are Gay in this whole recording. But anyway. What? Movies are so gay. But yeah, check our links in the show notes to find us. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors.